This is Pace the Nation. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A. And everybody knows where we are. We are downtown Arlington, Virginia, in the heart of all things, of course, that is Clarendon. I am back and excited to be back for episode 274, back with my co-host, Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? How are you? I'm here, and I missed it. Let's do this. Yeah, you 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 did miss it. You missed the last show, but did yeah. you you physically miss the last show? But emotionally, did you miss Pace the Nation? That's my question to you. Uh, I did actually because did? I would have loved to be part of interviewing the guests that we had. I know, um, especially as part of um, Brooks PR and the meet we have coming up. So yeah, I was a little Juliet, jealous. Little Juliet little, and little Gary jealous. were awesome. Um, so thank you for uh, helping secure those stud guests. Um, you know, every week is a star studded guest list for Pace the Nation though. So, uh, Juliet and Gary, uh, they, they were, uh, they did not disappoint. Uh, we've got a big show today, Julie, really excited about today's show. Uh, a couple other things to get into as well. You head out to Seattle soon for Brooks PR mm-hmm. and you're heading out uh, next week. Is that right? Uh, it's on your calendar, on your <laughs> shared family calendar uh it i leave on sunday morning yes and um our chaperones arrive um sunday afternoon and so we get started with the kids arriving on monday and the meet is on wednesday so it's happening i hope we're ready i hope we're ready this show will post on monday and wednesday of that week that the show posts here you will be directing one of the best high school races in all the land so Mm -hmm. good luck Oh, thank you. No pressure. Yeah, Yeah, no pressure. Uh, That's Brooks PR. So super excited about that. Uh, Today, I'm super excited about a a Brooks influencer. Uh, So another Brooks guest that I I feel like, you know what, I'm going to take credit for securing this guest today. I'm really excited to have uh, a comedian. He is a documentarian. Is it, he's, he does documentaries. How do you say that? How would you say? Uh, I would is... just, because it's you, I would skip the title and just say he does documentaries. He does. He does. Because <laughs> you kind of mix like humanitarian with a, someone who does documentaries and created right. a new word. So, yes, he does documentaries. He's a comedian. Uh, he is an actor. But for the purpose of this show, you know, he's a runner, a trail runner, and a uh, Brooks influencer. So Jeffrey Benny will be joining us on today's show. Really excited to have Jeffrey on. Uh, he did a documentary called Once is Enough, and uh, it was a really awesome documentary. I want to get into uh, uh, talking to him about that, the process of putting it on, uh, how he did it. Um, really good show on Amazon prime. So if you got Amazon prime, you should check that out. So, uh, we'll have Jeffrey on the show today. Also today, I want to talk about, um, 
our, and we sent Jeffrey some of this stuff, our pride collection that comes out. Love is, does it work with my earphones on? Can I put the hat on with my earphones on? Does that work? No. And for the listening audience, sorry, I'm putting on one of our awesome new love is hats. It's a, a, a line of apparel from Pacers running, uh, for pride month. And actually we'll have it, uh, on sale the entire year. So we'll talk about that probably after we have Jeffrey on the show. Also on today's program, big event in the Farley Cully household. I had a hernia as people know, and I had hernia surgery this week. So, uh, if I struggle at all, I'm off the oxy, but if I struggle at all, I'm going to blame it on the hernia surgery or or earlier this week. And actually, frankly, if you struggle at all, I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you a pass because you've been doing all the heavy lifting around the house, like physically, literally, and figuratively, uh, you've been doing all the heavy lifting around the house. So we'll talk about my hernia, uh, as well. feels Uh, like a normal week for me. So just, (laughs) don't make me laugh too hard. It still kind of hurts. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into that. Um, because I know you have some, some, uh, thoughts and, and input on, uh, exciting topics, hernia, having a hernia and hernia surgery. Got to, got to dive into that. All right. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the guest here. Uh, so Jeffrey was new to running a few years ago, overweight. Uh, he's got a great story. He's a great storyteller. Uh, and he tells it in this documentary, uh, that he, that he does once is enough. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that, about his running, and his attempt at a 100-mile trail race. So next up on Pace the Nation, Jeffrey Biney joins us here on episode 274 of Pace the Nation. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined via the stream yard. I think he's maybe in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Jeffrey Benny, and I think I got that right this time. Jeffrey, you Benny, got it Jeffrey, so how are you? Right. Oh, I'm so well. Thanks for having me, y'all. And well, Salt Lake City was 100 correct. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you for joining us. And it's and it is you're out in Utah. Is that correct? Couple couple mm-hmm. hours behind us. Yeah. Yep. You're on yeah. the East Coast, right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Mountain time over so you, here. So your mountain time over there. So we appreciate you getting up early and joining us on Pace the Nation. Man, really excited to talk to you. Um, you know, we watched your, your, your documentary, which was awesome. Amazing. Oh, I want to get into that. Thank um, you. you know, you're a new, uh, influencer for Brooks. You're a comedian, you're an actor, you're a little bit of everything, but yeah. you know, most importantly for us, you're a runner, man. I'm a runner. That's what matters first and foremost, right? First of, so, okay. So let me ask you that. So when you go through the list of things that Jeffrey is runners got to be at top of the list, right? 
Yeah, well, I used to do it in like air quotes. <clears throat> um, and I got so many messages about, you are a runner. Like that's, and I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying I'm not a runner. I'm just saying it's kind of silly to call myself uh, a runner uh, just because I grew up such a like chubby, overweight, super, <laughs> super indoor kid. And so I just have a hard time like calling myself a runner and taking myself super seriously. But yes, I do run a decent amount. So I think that qualifies yes. me. Yeah, and uh, you uh, I, and I don't know whether I want to spoil the documentary or not because there is there is some twists and turns, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about your um, your y- your weight struggles as well. Um, but I, I was curious, what kind of comedian would you describe yourself as? Because uh, you are a funny dude. Uh, well, first of all, most of my comedy is more story based, so it's uh, not always, but um, kind of like in my film. I mean, I use a lot of like but a chink like uh, poop jokes to hopefully tell like a bigger, more comprehensive uh, story, more meaningful story. Um, so I don't know. I would say it's usually uh, story based and I would say maybe, maybe like kind of Ellen degeneracy uh, uh, naughty, never filthy is what I say. Whenever I'm, uh, I'm, like I'm getting it. booked and they want to know if I'm clean. I always told myself that I would never tell a joke uh, that I wouldn't, be willing to tell my mom but my mom is a pretty saucy broad so <laughs> do it that way you will so that's a wide range then um yeah. well jeffrey tell us about brooks i obviously am biased um being the sports marketing manager there and i get to work with uh dustin and ariella who are part of our influencer team but you are a new influencer to brooks so Take us back. How did you get introduced to the brand? How did you get introduced to to Dustin and Ariella? And what's your experience been like so far? Yeah, well, I, in the winter, uh, I was on one of my favorite trails and there's this bridge on the trail. It's just this old wooden bridge. And it really looks nothing like the bridge from the movie, but it kept reminding me of that scene from Dirty Dancing where she's dancing across that bridge and she gets, you know, she's trying to learn the choreography and she gets pissed and kicks the bridge. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to bring my camera up here on my tripod at some point, And I'm just going to like jack around for a while and, and make a, like recreate that scene. So I did and I posted it. And, uh, and of course I was in running gear, my trailer running gear. <clears throat> um, I posted it and, you know, who would have known? Uh, apparently a lot of people connected with that nostalgia because I suddenly gained a ton of followers and uh, people like Dustin and Ariella were popping into my inbox uh, chatting me up. And they told me uh, about the Brooks Run Happy Advocate Program, which is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were looking for runners to represent Brooks, uh, to represent diversity in all of its different forms. I call us the misfit runners. I'm guessing Brooks Marketing Department probably doesn't love that as much. I well. love it. I love oh, it. Good. Let's roll with it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm the, the, the gay ginger chubby one. Uh, we have runners of every... Uh, shape, size, color, creed, and everyone, like each person is more inspiring than the next. So when they told me what what Brooks was up to, uh, I was first flattered beyond belief uh, and then uh, could not wait, could not wait to get started. We're about three months in already. Uh, we've gotten to do some fun events. Uh, I've gotten to collaborate with some of the other Run Happy Advocates. I think I've convinced almost all of them to dance with me on, on the internet. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> uh, so love anyway, it. that's that's how it happened and it couldn't be going better. I'm having a blast and it's uh, it's so cool to see 
companies like Brooks uh, putting their money where their mouth is. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know, uh, an ad in June is really cool, uh, but a, a bigger commitment to change is like thirty times cooler. Yeah, absolutely. And to to make a quick plug for the show. Um, two of the other Run Happy Advocates have also been guests of our show. Yeah. So Allison oh, this year, Allison's uh, been on the show before, and yep. um, Ariel Tweedo. Yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah, both of them. So, so um, yeah, so so Jeffrey, uh, a six-year-old Jeffrey or an eight-year-old Jeffrey would probably not have thought you'd be working for a running brand, um, which is just it's just nuts, right? It's pretty, pretty bonkers. I mean, eight-year-old Jeffrey was uh, in the front yard on a pig farm in Missouri uh, with his mom's baton, you know, from marching band, uh, putting on shows in the bay window of my mom's bedroom, uh, dreading having to run the mile for the presidential physical fitness award that we had to do every spring. Uh, that was, that was Jeffrey. And uh, he would laugh you out of the room if he could see what I'm up to right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a far cry from where I started. It is pretty amazing. And you mentioned your mother. Um, she had a big influence on your life and also in you getting into running. So tell us kind of how you got into running and why your mom inspired you to do so. Yeah, well, when I was 11, she was diagnosed with pretty aggressive heart failure. And uh, of course, they didn't tell an 11-year-old 11 11 this, but I later found out that they really had only given her probably a few years max. It was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty advanced. And, you know, I grew up watching her struggle to fix that um, because it was all... Uh, obesity lifestyle related. Uh, it was past the point of reversible, of course, but even with the things that she could delay, you know, making eating habit changes, um, being more physical, she tried like really hard. She did give it a solid try, but she just never could like, just couldn't make it stick. You know I mean? She grew up on a farm in mm -hmm. rural Missouri and, you know, the food culture, the, uh, the, the activity culture is just so, so, so different. I mean, I remember when I moved to the West coast and people were like, Oh yeah. So uh, let's meet up for lunch. I'm going with a, a hike with my grandma in the morning, but then we can do lunch. Like what, what, first of all, your grandma's hiking and two, <laughs> you're just for fun going to, to hike in the morning. Uh, it just blew my mind because we don't do that in Missouri. <laughs> that's not that's not why we go into nature. We go into nature to work, and then the rest of our life is is, is pretty different. So, uh, you know, I just watched her try so hard to make positive changes, and she just couldn't do it. And I was uh, coming up to thirty years old, and she she pulled out seventeen years. Uh, you know, they had given her a few years, and she, uh, you know, here I am, kind of saying that. It didn't work, but clearly something worked because she was she was pretty darn resilient. But as I approached thirty, uh, it you know it started to to escalate, and it became uh, somewhat clear that we were getting closer to the end. So I was living in New York City at the time, working as an actor, and I came back to uh, to Kansas City, uh, where she was in the hospital, and I was there for about a year, year and a half, uh, helping my my family. And then she eventually lost her battle to heart failure. But while uh, she was in the ICU, she was in the ICU for the last three months of her life, which wow. is a very long time to be in an intensive care unit. Where was um, this? Where was the ICU unit that she was in? Yeah, was it in, in Missouri? Kansas City. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
And so you were yeah, there, it's, it's you were, you were from New York going back there and, and there a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I came back for the majority of the time and I, when she was in the ICU, I kept reading these magazines that were on the, the waiting room tables, uh, magazines that I thought were pretty funny uh, and obscure. Uh, and one of them was Trail Runner magazine. And, and, and sorry, Jeffrey, how much did you weigh at the time when you're sitting there in the ICU unit reading a trail magazine? Well, uh, I, the last time I weighed myself was 340 pounds, but, uh, anyone who's been, uh, uh, larger, um, uh, will tell you that that's not my maximum weight. We don't weigh ourselves when we know we're at our maximum right, weight. Right. 340 was at some point when I had, you know, spent a few weeks working out and thought I was making progress and wanted to weigh myself. So right, right. I don't know, somewhere in the 340, 350, 60 wow. range, somewhere wow. in there. Okay. Uh, anyway, so I discovered that Trail Runner magazine and just kept picking it up over and over again. And I, I kind of gotten into cycling in New York. And I just kept thinking, well, that looks interesting. That looks kind of fun. Like, that's not what I thought running was. I thought running was, you know, on a track with all the athletic kids, with my coach, with a stopwatch timing me, very annoyed that it was taking me so long to finish. <laughs> and suddenly, well, we had a really bad hospital day one day, and I just went out and bought a pair of shoes and found a trail. I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I just found a state park. The first pair of shoes I bought were those Vibram five-finger oh shoes, gosh. you know, yep. those barefoot yep. shoes, yep. Yep. which I loved them, but uh, were they the right choice for uh, a muddy Midwestern day? They weren't. <laughs> they weren't the right choice. I went for a run and instantly loved it, like right out of the gate. Like, first of all, I felt like a little kid. I was like jumping over logs and stuff. That was That was so fun and silly. Uh, and most of all, like nobody was watching me. Nobody was timing mm -hmm. me. Nobody was watching my fat jiggle. Like I could just do whatever I wanted. Like it didn't, and it didn't even matter when I finished or if I finished, like mm -hmm. it literally was just to go out and have fun. And I think like the biggest light bulb was that like for 45 minutes, I didn't think about life. I didn't mm -hmm. think about my mom. I didn't think about all that stuff. And so it kind of, um, you know, I mean, I jokingly say that I think trail running was the the best therapy I possibly could have found after losing my mom. It was just so functional for me. So, uh, um, and maybe, I mean, ultimately saves your life. And I don't think that's a stretch. Yeah, um, there's no question. My lifestyle was so wildly different. I yep. mean, you know, I, I'm still a big guy. I still love beer, but I like the fact that I consumed vegetables willingly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I call myself veganish. I'm like plant based somewhere in there between vegetarian and vegan. And that's mind blowing. I mean, I grew up on a pig farm of all places. Um, and yeah, you know, there's so many lifestyle changes, you know, not that you have to go vegetarian or vegan to be healthy, but it does inherently cause you to eat more vegetables and be a little more mindful and thoughtful about your food. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that I'm active, the fact that I'm, I'm eating, uh, you know, nutrient dense foods uh, are pretty, pretty mind blowing. If you knew me before this, uh, I don't know, before Jeffrey 2.0 was created. <laughs> I love that's, it. In that's incredible. I, I think of vegan as being one of the most difficult diets to like, to change. You're talking about massive lifestyle change. And then you're talking about like swinging to that whole other side of the spectrum with vegan. So why vegan? Like what was, what was behind that motivation? 
Yeah, well, I grew up on a pig farm in Missouri, so it obviously was not the uh, the go to go to choice. Uh, I actually had a friend from college who was vegetarian, and he knew I grew up on a pig farm, and I really hadn't thought about it a lot. I really didn't have opinions about it, but he loved to like argue with me about uh, about farming animals. That, that college friend, right? That yeah. college Constantly. friend, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just for fun, I would participate and I'd badger him and play along and just get him so worked up, push all his buttons. And one time <laughs> in one of those arguments, he, uh, arguments, I don't know if they're arguments, whatever they were, <laughs> Uh, he was like, I bet you can't go vegetarian for 30 days. He's like, you go to the PETA website right now. You can request a packet. They'll tell you how to do it. They'll give you recipes. And I bet you can't do it. Well, that's the best way to get Jeffrey yeah. to do something. So you know that I did it. And uh, I dove into it uh, knowledge-wise. And uh, I instantly had this like mind shift reset where I was actually thinking about my food, which sounds so silly, but I never thought about like what was yeah. in my food. Like yeah. I, I didn't think about, I didn't think about like nutrient density. That was mind blowing to me. It's like, no, hundred calories is hundred calories. No, it's yeah. not. Mm -hmm. And so that just like slowly, well, not slowly, pretty quickly, really kind of started to change the way I was thinking about my food. Um, and I, I suddenly wanted to eat that way. And yeah. then the other component was that shockingly i didn't miss meat uh, yeah. i missed the crap like i miss like like big nuggets from mcdonald's yeah. i miss you know like chicken tenders like that kind of yeah. like a, a pepperoni bagel bites that's what i missed but like i found myself not missing cooking meat i, I wasn't missing a steak like i thought i would mm. uh and so it just kind of stuck um and so i was vegetarian for maybe three four or five years something like that and then I moved to, to Los Angeles. I moved to LA right after my mom passed away. And I realized that I was kind of, I had turned into a bit of a French fry vegetarian because, <laughs> you know, you, everyone inherently assumes that being vegetarian is healthy and it can be. Uh, but, you know, onion rings are often vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> French fries are vegetarian. Depending on the <laughs> fryer that it was in. But yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, I was like, you know what, I've really got to do something to be a little more um, responsible in how I'm, I'm eating. So one of my friends, apparently I'm heavily influenced by my friends. Yes. Uh, another friend was vegan. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe that would be a good little trial. Just go for like a few months just to kind of hit the reset button. Uh, and then it stuck, it stuck for probably five or six years. Uh, and then I, I now, uh, I, I, I married a rabid carnivore. And so <laughs> now I'm somewhere, I, I would say I'm vegan 80% of the time. Ish. But I, ish. Uh, I like the ish. ish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a, an affair now and then with a, with a disease, you know. <laughs> so your, your mom passes away and I know that's still tough for you to this day. Um, and you really, you know, you really take the running to the next level. You do a 20 miler, but then you decide to do two things. And I'm not sure what, which order they came in. You decide to run Leadville and then do a documentary about running Leadville, uh, Leadville being a hundred mile trail race. That's one of the hardest ones in the entire world. And you decide to do it. Um, so what happened first? Did you decide to do the documentary or did you decide to run the race or they both happened at the same time? Tell us about that. 
Yeah, it was kind of three separate components. You know, after my mom passed away, I wasn't 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 doing great. Um, I was in New York. I was doing stand up, and I was kind of getting burnt out on New York. Honestly, I never loved New York. I love it as a city. Uh, living there is, can be hard. It's 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 a different scenario to live in in yeah. New York City. Um, and it's I, everyone asks me what my favorite city is, and I, I always say New York, and they're shocked because they know that I didn't like living there. Uh, but uh, I, I wasn't loving at New York anymore. <clears throat> I was frustrated career-wise. Um, I thought it might be more fun to do film and television, and I had uh, uh, you know developed this this new running addiction, and it was pretty rough to find trails in New York City, especially if you right. don't have a car. It's pretty hard to to get out of the city. So I moved to Los Angeles and uh, I found myself uh, a bit reclusive and I all I wanted to do was write material and perform it and disappear into the woods to run. I didn't mm-hmm. want to I didn't want to deal with people. I didn't want to I just wanted to, 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 to disappear and, and do those things. And one of my friends at one point was like, I wonder if there's like maybe something uh, like a like a healthier way <laughs> to do those things, um, and I was like, yeah, maybe. And uh, a light bulb just went off, and I was like, you know what? I would love to set a ridiculous training goal, like a hundred mile or something like that. Uh, and I would love to write my first like hour of material, you know, the, uh, all a uh, cohesive hour, not just yep. random random jokes. Uh, what if I like? filmed both those things like what if we captured the process of me trying these runs and what if we filmed the 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 stand-up slash storytelling show and what if we like slammed them against each other and it was you know one served the other to tell some story whatever that story is going to be um and i was a nanny for a family in beverly hills at the time and uh i had kind of mentioned the idea to the mom the family owned a video game studio Okay. Um, and the short story it's is so LA. It's You're so a nanny LA. I know I'm vomiting in my mouth as owns- I say this. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I'm about to say is that within like 36 hours, uh, the project got greenlighted by a small uh, wow. studio in LA. So it's the wow. most ridiculous. It's the most yeah. LA of stories. Um, but uh, keeping the the uh, LA story theme, like a week and a half, maybe two weeks later the studio was sold to some Japanese company who immediately shut down the division yeah. that was doing oh, these small man. indie films. Uh, and so we, we decided to, to make it work. I was already uh, had, had asked a lot of friends to work on it. And they're like, you know what, we can do this really cheaply. Like, it'll be an awesome story. It'll be a fun project. Like we'll, we'll figure it out. Let's get scrappy. Um, so that's where the idea came from. That's where we started. At that point I had only done only, I had done a 20 miler yep and before i was ready to like officially pull the trigger uh, i set a 50 miler as the goal it's like if i can run a 50 miler and survive and still want to run again then let's dive into this whole 100 mile thing and yep. so i did the north face endurance challenge uh in the Bay 50 miler 50. yep 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 Mm -hmm. um and it was i mean it was awful but i've just freaking loved it (laughs) i absolutely loved it i had so much fun and so you know the deal was sealed so i brought uh ian Sharman on uh to train um, he was your coach yeah everyone knows who that is yep yep um and 
I mean, go big. You went real big with, the, with one of the best coaches, best ultra trail runners out there. So I love it. Okay. Yeah. And I remember when I reached out, he, um, I was so, I don't think I could possibly have been more terrified to, uh, to, to message him, just to even reach out to him. Um, and I don't know if you know him very well, but he is so warm and sweet yeah. and kind and so I couldn't have, uh, I, I couldn't have gotten lucky. He was great on the documentary too. I've met him once. Great on the documentary, man. Yeah. Yeah. He he's really, just, really he's a really good, um, opposition to me too, yes. because our personalities are, 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 are nearly opposite. He's so calm and centered and thoughtful and I'm over here freaking out and you yeah. know, God only knows what, <laughs> right. Um, what was I saying? What yeah. Was I saying? Well, I, I want to say, I, I do think it really worked. I love how you spliced in your stand up with the the running parts of it it really worked it was freaking genius man and Ooh. i you got to check it out I, I know it's been out there for a while so maybe a lot of our listeners and viewers have seen it uh once is enough uh it's a documentary about you going to to run a 100 mile race leadville there's twists and turns uh, and i want to just ask a couple things and i don't want to spoil it cuz cuz there are twists and turns i mean i feel free to spoil it we can okay, just okay. keep the disclaimer that like if you don't like spoilers stop where you yeah, are yeah, yeah. go exactly. watch it and yeah, then come check back check in, in in about yeah. 10 minutes but it's um, the, the like the accidental meat of the film uh is 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 a spoiler and it's kind of hard not to talk about and, and it, i so. actually think it worked better because like so first you're running leadville and at mile 44, you said, this is the hardest thing you've ever done. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm rooting for you so hard. And I'm like, this dude's got 56 miles to go. And this is the hardest thing he's ever done. And you look dead at that point. And ultimately, you know, again, spoiler alert, you weren't able to accomplish Leadville and you weren't able to finish. You didn't hit the cutoff time at I, I want to say mile 50 or 60 or something. Uh, it's like 44 or 46. 40, it's at the top. 46. Okay. So that was the point where you said it was the hardest thing you've ever done. Um, and how devastating was that after the, all this buildup, you've got a freaking documentary going about this and you don't do it. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I'm not usually one to care much about what other people think, <clears throat> but uh, this was not one of those times. Um, I was okay with my own failure. I was pretty disappointed, but I knew that it was going to be really hard. And I think I like really saw, um, the fact that I didn't quit. I got pulled right. as a huge personal victory. Uh, I don't think it mattered to anyone else, but when people were, would ask me about it, I would just say like, I can't believe I still wanted to go. Like, I can't believe if they would have let me, like I still was going to go. Like, that's incredible. So I think, you know, I took some, <clears throat> I don't know, consolation in, in, in that uh, aspect. But what was so hard was all the other stuff because, you know, we were filming this for the film. So we obviously had promoted the crap out of it on social yes. media. I had a live GPS tracker set up so that people could go to my website and watch me move through the course. I had made such a big deal about it. My family had all come from uh, the Midwest to, to help. Uh, we had, you know, a small film crew there. We had been there for a week shooting interview footage and stuff like that. Um, 
and that's what that's what bothered me was yeah. all these other people who gave up inconvenient time and literally traveled like across the continent uh to help me with this and i didn't do it and yeah. that's what was hard what was hard was getting on on that that live tracker and watching like all the like excited like oh my god he, he made it to the mile 28 yeah, station yeah, yeah. awesome oh i think something's wrong with my tracker has anyone seen him move like i'm not sure where he is and like to watch it slowly devolve into people figuring out what was going on like that's what was hard for me um and I, you know we knew leadville was going to be hard and i think you know it wasn't ian's top choice but yeah. For the film's purposes, you know, Leadville is one of the oldest, most grand, most epic hundred milers definitely in the country and, and quite quite frankly in the world. It's an awesome run. It's just so beautiful and it's been around for ages. Um, and there's no uh, there's no qualifying, or at least there wasn't a qualifier <laughs> at the right. time. Right. So it was one of the few hundred milers that I could, uh, that was epic, that was film worthy. Uh, that didn't require me to spend, you know, another six months like, just trying to qualify for it. So <clears throat> for those reasons, we went with Leadville. And <clears throat> looking back, obviously, it was a silly choice. Dude, the altitude, <laughs> you imagine if it had worked out. The altitude in Colorado there, I mean, that alone was going to stack the, the deck against you. Yeah, because I was coming from California at sea level um, yeah. and... So, you know, it's easy to, to, to see now on the, on the backside <laughs> that it might not have been the best choice. Um, but but. I, I had a producer that night. She's also my best friend. Um, she, she was like, I know you don't want to hear this, but um, you know, you probably have to do another one. Why? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. And she, I was like, you saw she's, how today went. She's like, I don't know how to end this story. I mean, for the documentary, yeah. like, we can't just be like, everybody's sad and crying and like the credits come up. Yeah. Well, what she said next was, uh, she was like, you know I, know, I know you don't want to hear this, but like, honestly, it's probably a little bit better for the film that this didn't work out. Totally. And I flipped her off and walked out of the room. <laughs> like, screw you. Every, so no. listen, so I'm watching it thinking, all right, everybody loves a good comeback story. So she's right. She's Absolutely right. right. You need the good comeback story. It made the documentary that you were able to come back and ultimately, you know, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the fact that, that you didn't do it and then the comeback story is just so much better than not doing it initially. So I, it's almost like you planned it. It was almost was, like his plan. I was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was pissed about everything. I was pissed at all the money that had been spent. I was pissed at how much time and effort I spent, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working towards this. And I didn't really have much to show for it other than a fun trip where I kind of went for a long run and things didn't go as well. And as a, as a viewer, real quick, as a viewer, I'm thinking it's once is enough, man, he's not going to do it again because the story is once is enough. So once, you know, your one attempt, but I decided to do, you decided another. to do it again. And I made a, a slightly more responsible choice the second time around uh, by settling on the, the Rocky Raccoon, yeah. uh, which is a hundred miler uh, north of Houston. Uh, ups and downs, but substantially less uh, elevation change than, than the Leadville 100. 
And I was so pessimistic. I, I, I did, first of all, I didn't tell anybody because of all those things I just mentioned that were tough in Leadville. I didn't tell anyone except for my sister and a friend from high school who were coming to crew for me, uh, a handful of best friends. And then, oh, poor guy. I brought one. Uh, he, he was the director of cinematography, but he's the only person that I brought to, to, to Texas. I was like, you know, guys, honestly, like this probably isn't going to go well. We're going to go do it. Let's try it and see what happens, but it's probably not going to happen. So I was like self-preservation to the max. I was like, mm -hmm. we're not telling people. I'm not mm -hmm. going to want humans there who are going to talk mm -hmm. to me or have thoughts about, I just, I don't, I'm just going to try to do this. I'm going to create the smallest bubble I can possibly create in which to do it. And, uh, for whatever reason, it worked out. I stumbled across the finish line minutes before the final cutoff, but uh, but I did it finally. Uh, and you know, thank 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 God. I don't know what the the film would have looked like if if I hadn't. Um, I don't know if it would have. I don't know if it would have happened. I don't. I don't know. But that's that's the way things went. Um, and and from a viewer standpoint, Jeffrey, it was amazing. Like I literally. When, when you cut the videos from your childhood to your finishing, like I was tearing up and I think a lot of, I, it, it, it evoked emotion and I think as vulnerable as you were, and that's what you are in hundred mile, there's no acting. You're an actor, but there's no acting. You were totally vulnerable. I mean, but it evoked emotion for the, the audience. And I thought it was incredibly well done especially at the end the story your pictures of you as a kid you crossing the finish line man i was i was a mess crying on my couch Good. so <laughs> it was it was it was very well done well that i love uh, you're not the first person to point that out and i i'm not i'm not an editor um but that was that was one idea of mine that i uh was really proud of it came from the you know it, everyone always asks like, what are you thinking about while you're out there? Like, what are you doing when you're out there? Like, Oh, you went for a run this morning. Yeah, I did 20 miles. It took me 14 hours. What are you thinking about? And so that's where that idea came from. I was like, well, here's, a, here's, here's what I'm thinking about all these things constantly. So tell us about the May West comment or the May West quote. And that's how you got the title of the documentary. Yeah, I've loved this quote since I was a little kid, and I was um, <clears throat> just going through some inspirational quotes, as any runner does <laughs> on those <laughs> rough days, and you just dive into Google and desperately search for anything <laughs> to motivate you. Uh, and I stumbled across that quote again, and instantly, we had just started working on the film, and uh, instantly I knew that I wanted that to be the title of the film, because... Um, uh, when you hear the title of the film, Once is Enough, you make the assumption that like, oh, okay, cool, running a hundred miler or some component of this doing it once is enough. But the quote, uh, which is revealed the, the very last thing in the film, um, it's a quote from Mae West. And she said, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. And so I, I wanted to, to leave everyone with that at the end. Because um, I feel like it, like it really uh, articulated like the thesis of the film. Like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this wasn't about losing weight. It wasn't about running a hundred miles. It wasn't about, you know, anything else that you could take away from the film. It was about me just, you know, making sure that I'm seizing life and not giving mm -hmm. up opportunity. My mom was only 58 when she died, which right. I, I, I now as a almost 40 year old realize is so freaking young. And, you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't think, I think she was, she was sick from, from when I was such a young age. But I always like 
thought of her as older, but the older I get, the more angry almost I get that she was like robbed, you know, yeah. she was robbed of who knows how many years. And so it's, it's just all about, um, you know, making the most of it. I, 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 you know, who knows I could have cancer right now as we sit here and not know it. <clears throat> so if I'm going to go out, I, I want to know that like my time was well spent. I, I want to know that I got outside. I want to know that I saw things. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where the quote, came from and I like I don't know it like pushes something in me and like I, I'm even having a hard time talking about it right now because I just um I think um I think I feel really lucky that like I had that wake-up call yeah. um because I wouldn't have otherwise so it sucked it always sucks to go through those those life events but um I don't know. It wasn't for nothing, you know, or at least I want to make sure that it wasn't for nothing. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you're like, your emotion is evoking a lot of emotion in us. And <laughs> yeah, we've got young kids and some days we feel like we're in the thick of everything and just it's crazy and it's maddening. And Ugh. like, how do we get from each day to each day? And both of us have careers and, you know, you just stop and think like, this is your life. Like this and, is, you are in control. You are like making choices every day to, to live it the best that you can. And, and, and the way that you, you come across is that whatever ridiculous thing you want to do right now, stop what you're doing and do it. Yeah. Like, like, like right now, uh, even if it's, you know, what's, what's a crazy thing you want to do? Well, what's something you can do? You can spend three minutes doing today. Is it a putting out a feeler to a friend who might be a resource? Is it, you know, what small thing is it? Those three minutes a day, like add up um, mm -hmm. really fast. Uh, and I feel like the, I do some, some, some motivational speaking now, which is really rewarding because it really itches my desire to um, like tell poop jokes with a purpose is what I call it. <laughs> uh, it's really fun to be able to like weave comedy into, you know, hopefully a more uh, substantial motivating uh, talk. But uh, the, the talk that I give the most is called uh, smart enough to start dumb enough not to quit. And I kind of feel like that was my key to ultra running was a magical thing happened when um, I got to the point for the first time where you know, I was on a long run and any reasonable person would stop. I was probably 15 miles in. Things start to fall apart. Everything starts to hurt. <clears throat> and I made the conscious choice, like, to just keep running. Um, mm -hmm. Like, let's we'll just keep going. Like, it's not, it's not long term. Nothing mm -hmm. bad, bad is happening. Just keep going and let's see what happens when you don't stop when any reasonable person should. And it turns out that's when the magic happens. You know, those those aches and pains, like they go away, they pass. Like your mood, you you know, you're like, oh, I can't do this. I have to quit. You're literally ready to pull pull yourself from a race. And who knew a Snickers and some pickle juice, 15 minutes later, <laughs> your blood sugar's back up and you are ready to rumble. You're and rock so and rolling. All this magic happens when you push yourself like past that point um, that is reasonable. That being said, you have to be so careful about injury and thing, things, but you do uh, slowly learn to kind of identify what's what's short term and what's what's longer term and needs to be needs to be babied. All right. Well, I, I want to get you out of here. I, I wanted to mention 
I, I've really enjoyed seeing you. It is Pride Month. I, I've enjoyed seeing you on a, a lot of the Brooks um, Instagram posts. And you can file Jeffrey. It's at Jeffrey Benny. That's, that's Benny, right. B-I-N-N-E-Y. Yeah. Uh, he's on ben, Benny, Chris. Benny. Benny. That's what I said. I think I said that. You said that. Benny. You said uh, Benny. Ben. Ben. B-I-N-N-E. Ben. Ben. Yep, Benny. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> Um, and he, we're going to argue about this the entire yes, time, Jeffrey, but, but it is, it is it pride month. And, and how important is it for you to be this advocate for Brooks during this time? I mean, I think it's so important 365 days of the year, right. because yeah. it is already such an inclusive community. Um, but there's always, uh, there's always work to do. Um, mm -hmm. I know that I, um, don't see, uh, I, I know it's pride month. I, I also don't see enough, uh, enough, uh, you know, lesbian, gay, bi, trans runners at the starting lines. Um, but I especially don't see enough, uh, runners of color. Um, mm -hmm. Allison, who you mentioned earlier, yep. um, there's some really inspiring runners out there doing some really cool stuff to increase diversity in, in the running world. Uh, you know, in, in, in every capacity. And I think it's uh, so important to, to just for us to be seen. Mm -hmm. I think that just the fact that Brooks is putting us out into the world for people to see is so important. I think about, you know, like if I was a little kid and I saw me, <laughs> like on a Brooks ad or like doing some silly Instagram dance for Brooks. <laughs> I can't help but wonder like how that might have, have like shifted the way I saw things. Cause it wasn't ever, it wasn't even an option. Like <laughs> I yeah, never yeah. considered joining the track team. Right. I never considered like going for a run. Um, and now looking back, like how silly, like how silly that I thought that, that's what running was. And it is that for some people, and that's amazing. But there's a space for everyone. There's a, a space for the gays. There's a space for we chubby gingers. There's a space for everyone. And I hope that more people uh, start finding the sport because it's, it's so rewarding. There's so many different ways to run. Uh, you, you really, you know, run your run is kind of an eye roll inducing phrase, but it's so true. I mean, I... I, 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 I can't believe I can now, but uh, you know, 10 years ago, I couldn't believe that there was a sport that was just about like surviving. Like it really doesn't matter. There are people who want to win, but the goal is literally just to, just to finish, just survive yeah, and get over yeah. that finish line. And that was, that was something that really resonated for me. And to be quite frank, made me feel like a total badass. I think, yeah. I, you know, I spent my whole childhood um, believing and hearing that, like, you know, oh, you're the, we can't wait for you to go into theater. Like, that's going to yeah. be, like, awesome for you. Right. Um, you know, being told that I wasn't outdoorsy because I wasn't. Um, being told that I wasn't an athlete because I wasn't. Um, but why? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why not? Why, why can't those things be, uh, be, be me? Um, so I, you know, if I, if I had had somebody, uh, like me or Allison or Micah or any, or, or, you know, any of the Ariel, any of the run happy, uh, advocates, uh, I just wonder if, how things might have been different, but yeah. we'll spend so much time worrying about the past. Uh, no, no, but, but 
but through those experiences, I mean, and I'm going to make a plug here for Brooks, but a lot of what we're working on is a youth strategy and it's, it's beyond track and field, right? Like we have, and Chris and I talked about it um, earlier in the show, the huge track meet that's coming up for high school kids that Brooks hosts in Seattle and I'll be there Sunday to Thursday. And that's like the elite, elite, elite level of the sport, right? But we are totally shifting our mindset to like, how do we just get kids moving? Like, yep. you know, because if they go into high school beyond, like if they're not going to make their freshman team or are good enough on that competitive level, or even just like, like yourself, like was told you were never going to be an athlete. Like we still need to get kids moving, right? Like, and they can find this whole other journey inside the sport that has nothing to do with holding a stopwatch, right? Like seeing a time. Um, and it's introducing them to just running physical yeah. movement. That is something the brand's really passionate about. Well, and it gives you um, a really cool, I don't know, sense of worth. I don't know what to yeah, call confidence. it. Yeah, it's confidence. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And it's, I think that's what draws me to ultra running so much is, is how it makes me feel because yeah. I feel, um, I mean, I think you have to have the right personality type for it, but I love being uh, responsibly in pain and figuring it out and getting done and like, like making it happen. Yeah. That's so rewarding to me because, you know, I never thought that I, I don't know if I shouldn't be cursing. I never thought that I was a badass and it turns out I am. Who yeah. knew? Nobody is more surprised than me. And I love every single long run that reminds me of that. It's amazing. It's cool. All right. It's Jeffrey Benny. You can find him on Instagram at Jeffrey Benny. He's uh, a comedian. He's an actor. He's a documentary filmmaker. You can find his documentary film once is enough. Amazon prime, a lot of other places. Go check it out. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. He's a Brooks influencer, but most importantly, he's a runner and he finished a hundred mile race more than you and I could say, Julie, that's for sure. I've never done um, that. Jeffrey, man, this has been, this has been awesome. Thank so you fun. so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Let's be in touch and we'll have you back on again sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. There he goes. Jeffrey Benny Brooks influencer. Join us on Pace the Nation. We're gonna take a quick break. Be right back after this. Pace the Nation is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has six stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to our guest, Jeffrey Benny for joining us today on Pace the Nation. I finally got it, Julie. I finally got it. Yeah, Jeffrey it took about Benny. an hour, but you got there. <laughs> Way to go. What a stud. Awesome to hear uh, from uh, his perspective. After watching Once is Enough, it was great to actually talk to him in person. Um, didn't disappoint. I knew his interview would be great, inspiring. Uh, had us almost in tears at oh, points. Oh, definitely in the, tears. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was so. It's yeah. pretty awesome. So great stuff from Jeffrey. Um, you know, you said at the end, Julie, which I thought was really good. Like you, you talked about how the high school you're going to be out there in Seattle this next week with all these elite high school kids. Well, you know, what if there is a path for a eight year old or an 11 year old Jeffrey out there 
to participate, not necessarily be in part of the Brooks PR invite where you're the fastest of the fast, mm -hmm. but, but really participate as, you know, a teenager, a high schooler. So I think we're headed there and I think he's a good advocate for that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, uh, I, I wanted to get to a couple of other things unless you had anything else to gush about for Jeffrey. I mean, there's so much. To no, gush no, no, no. We've, we've talked way too much about other things. We need to recenter the yeah. conversation back to Chris Farley. So, so. The, the problem with having a comedian on when you've just had her hernia surgery is that it hurts to laugh. Mm -hmm. and, and you made me laugh a couple times this, this week. You're, you're pretty funny. You're, you're, you're sneaky, Thanks. funny. And, Thanks. Uh, it, it really has been painful to laugh, but I am on the mend. So I had hernia surgery as, as you guys know, I had a hernia, uh, and I talked about it on this show, uh, uh, a month ago or so finally had the surgery on Tuesday, June 7th. I was out of it on June 7th, June 8th, June 9th. We were recording June 10th and I am so close to being back. Unfortunately, not so close to running yet, but I have been worthless around the house. So I officially apologize, Julie. Thank you for all you've done over the past week. Well, the apology is now official, officially official right. yeah. since it's, since on it's the on the podcast and right. on the show, I wasn't going to accept the other apologies. <laughs> um, yeah. but no, it, to be honest, like, uh, other than, being slightly annoyed at how dramatic you are um, <laughs> because your wife has had three C-sections and had to Good like boy. immediately start nursing a child and caring yeah, for her hard. life yes. with an actual incision in their stomach, not just laparoscopic little yes. teeny tiny dots. Um, and I've also had hernia surgery, a double hernia surgery. So. Yes, correct. But if I'm not throwing all that at you of like how, you know, we talk about like, you know, you don't always have to one up me. Like right. if, I, if I'm not trying to one up you, then I look at you and I think, oh, you know, this is hard. You know, yeah. you love running and you were in pain running starting like last week. It was getting really uncomfortable and our dog is really suffering. Like yes. she might be really suffering the most. She's not running, right? She's not running. She's depressed. Yep. Like you're not running, you're depressed. So like, mm -hmm. Normally in this, if you were gone, like if you were traveling for work, you know, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm in charge. I got the kids, we got the activities, you know, the dinners, I got everything lined up, like no big deal. It's actually hard to deal with you right now. And yeah. that sounds really like, uh, mean, it sounds really mean mm -hmm. because you're also like, oh, I'm not doing anything around the house. So I really want to help, but you're like wanting to help actually like slows all the processes down, you know? Like this morning, you're like, I'm going to make lunch for the kids. I'm like, great. And like 45 minutes later, you're still trying to make lunches Secretly. for the kids. And you're asking these questions that like, you're like, Paul likes turkey sandwiches, right? And I'm like, Paul has only eaten turkey sandwiches every day for, for the last like four months. And you're like, okay, okay, so he, so there's just a lot of like slowness happening here. So I'm almost like, Maybe it's just better for you to lay in bed for like a week. Right. So maybe and I could just count you out instead of like sort of counting you in. Right. So, so I'm trying is... not to be mean about it. I'm fine with you taking the rest that you need. It's it's the somewhere in between the gray space that you're trying to operate that just kind of makes it hard. So on there's a lesson to be learned here for for people like me. I can get you so used to just doing everything that after it's the just easier for me. It is after like, the hernia is over, you might just do it. I, so. I, I think your business partner probably feels the same. Like, yeah. like the more involved you are, the harder it is on us. Yeah. So just yeah. like, 
smile and build those relationships and sure. you know sure. pick the kids up if you can but you're not even allowed to drive right now yes. so it's well, just I'm off like... the oxy so I can drive I got off the oxy okay. so we could do this interview so um I, I just I wanted to mention sorry well, sorry if I sound mean I, I'm not I, trying to be mean I've I been really to... sad for you I really I have been because I know how much you care about running and I know this setback is upsetting you and I know it's frustrating for you and I know I get it I I, I just uh trying to protect you don't have a lot of empathy right no i'm trying to protect our relationship i'm trying to protect i'm trying to flip it around to uh this is a positive okay i'm on the mend i feel like so if you have a hernia surgery there's a tough few days but i i can see that it's improving and i can tell that i'll be able to run i think in 10 days the doctor said two weeks but i think i will be out there soon i see a path to being out there soon pain-free and that is really exciting to me, especially today when I'm like not in a haze from the, the medication. So if you have a hernia, if you're going through it, trust me, you got this. It gets better. You can get out running again and it won't be too, too long. And I, I appreciate I, I got some advice from Ryan who heard on the podcast that I was having a hernia surgery. So he gave me some good advice and a couple others, including you. Sean uh, helped me get the appointment at MedStar. I had a great experience over there. So Overall, other than you doing all the heavy lifting at home, you know, it's been a positive. So um, I just wanted to update our audience. I'm sure they are worried about me. All right. Um, wanted to uh, quickly, before we get out of here, um, mention again our apparel line uh, for, for Pride Month. It's going to be available all year long. If you're watching it on the YouTube stream, uh, I've got one of the hats. Uh, you can you can order them. Uh, Love is collection at runpacers.com. So go check that out. Uh, we got Jeffrey um, some of the gear. And so I hope to see him out there running in it at some point uh, there soon. So uh, check out runpacers.com for this new collection that I'm really excited about called Love is it's on the front page of our website. All right, Julie. Great show. Thanks, Chris. Great guests. Thanks again to our guest today, Jeffrey Benny. Give him a follow. Instantly give him a follow on Instagram. It's at Jeffrey Benny. Uh, that's two N's, uh, B-I-N-N-E-Y, Jeffrey Benny on Instagram. Check out his documentary, Once is Enough. It was well worth the time, uh, the hour spent watching it. All right. So thanks to our guests. Thanks to Chris behind the scenes. Julie, great stuff. Good luck this week. In Seattle, I'm sure you'll kill it. We want an update when you come Brooks back. Brooks PR Invitational. Brooks, Brooks PR, PR Invitational. It's Wednesday, awesome. June 15th. Yep, streaming live. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. So, everybody check that out. It's streaming live. Streaming live. Mm-hmm. Where you can find it on Runner Space. Runner Space. Yep. Yeah. Check it out. For those who are interested, check it out on Runner Space. All right. For my co-host wife, Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace Nation. We will see you in two weeks.